Have you been struggling in your relationship? There could be more to it than meets the eye. Welcome to Let's Just Face It. I am your host, Raquel Colina. For years, I was in a very toxic relationship, which I didn't recognize as abusive until the day I left. Let's take a look at the abusive patterns and behaviors to tear down the walls that could be holding you back from moving forward and living your best life even after abuse. Facing small fears can lead to big changes. Are you ready to get started? Hi, Letitia. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Just Face It podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I am so excited for you to share your story and where you are now. I just can't believe all the things that you have been through and all that you have accomplished, even though what you've been through. Yes, my journey has been crazy, but I'm grateful, which some people may not understand. Then I was seven. I was told by a family member that my birth was the reason for my parents' divorce. That piece of information destroyed me and it created the narrative that I had about myself for many years to come. I believe that I wasn't worthy. Like who comes into the world breaking up the parents? You know what I mean? That piece of information really left me looking for love and affection In addition to doubting myself, both of my parents remarried people that didn't like me. And my parents were essentially in positions where they had to choose. And both of them chose their spouses, which again left me feeling even worse about myself because I didn't have a family unit, really. I was living with my mom. I used to go to my dad, but I never felt welcomed in either unit. By the time I was 14, I took it all in, which resulted with me being in a relationship with someone that was twice my age. Wow. That relationship was abusive, very abusive. And I knew the difference. Like I knew that that wasn't like I shouldn't be with someone that hits me. The first time he hit me, well, the first time he choked me, I ended the relationship. I was about 15 I walked away because I was like, there's no way that, you know, I need to put up with this. Good for you. That relationship, however, had created like a solace for me because I was able to escape what was going on with my family. So when that relationship ended, I'm now back having to deal with the reality that I don't feel welcomed in my own home. I remember now I'm about 17. I get in a fight with my mama and I pushed her down. Several weeks later, I was kicked out of my mother's house as a result of that incident. It became a legal matter. She essentially got a restraining order against me. And I was told that I wasn't allowed back on her property. And if I returned to her property, I would be arrested. So I'm 17, don't have a relationship with my father, destroyed the relationship with my mother, and I need somewhere to live. So I called this man that I had been in a relationship with that had choked me. And I was like, listen, I need somewhere to go. And he was like, sure, come here. That decision resulted in years of abuse. He would remind me on a daily basis that he was the only person that loved me because my parents could care less about whether or not I had a roof over my head and I had food in my belly, which then led to that psychological abuse led to me accepting the physical abuse. I accepted it because I really didn't have anywhere to go, number one. And number two, I have to kind of put up with this because 
he actually put a roof over my head. He saved me, you know. I married him when I was 19. I put up with it until I decided I wanted to go to university. And I remember having a discussion with him about going to university. He was like, no, you married me, you know, your place is as my wife. And that angered me a lot because for the first time I could actually see how he was holding me back. But how do I leave this situation? Like, I can't just walk away. He knows where I work. He will stalk me. There's no walking away from this. So I stayed. A couple of months later, a friend called me. She was calling me to tell me about her relationship. She was in an abusive relationship and she didn't know how to get out of that situation. People thought I was living the dream. And I remember that night telling her everything that I should have been telling myself. You should leave. You're better than that. Da, 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 da. In an effort to encourage her, I picked up a book called Until Today by Ian Lovenzen. And I randomly opened the book and read a passage to her. And the passage was talking about a lot of times we are keeping people in our lives that were only meant to be there for a reason and a season. People have a reason, a season Mm -hmm. or a lifetime in our lives. And if that person's reason has expired, the reason why there's so much discord is because they're no longer supposed to be in your life. And I remember sitting there reading that, like getting chills, like literally feeling like a sinner in church. Like, oh my God. It was very significant that I read that that night. That was the night that my husband stabbed me. He was drunk and he came in and I remember just looking at him. I mean, after years of abuse, you kind of knew, oh God, this is going to be bad. And I ran to the landline and I was like, mama, you need to come get me right now. I knew he ripped the landline out of the wall and was basically like, the only way that you are leaving here tonight is in a body bag. Wow. He barricaded us into a bedroom and I literally fought for my life. When I look back, it was almost as if it was an autobody experience. Like I was watching myself in a movie. I didn't process what was going on. It just seemed so unreal. And I remember seeing the knife come towards me, but I never processed pain. In that moment, I literally didn't realize that he had stabbed me. So I ran out of the room. Luckily, my mom came. My mom's like in the car. She sees me bleeding. I'm still in shock. I I don't realize that, you know, I've been stabbed. So my mom's screaming. And I think that's when I realized, like, this is actually really dangerous. I was there no less than two hours. (laughs) And she told me that I couldn't stay. I needed to find somewhere to go. She packed up everything and she took me to the police station where I was then escorted to a homeless shelter. And I stayed there for two months while I rebuilt my life. There was a level of naivety for me. I thought, okay, I'm walked away from this relationship. Things are just going to magically fall into place. <laughs> oh my God, was I yep. wrong? Was I wrong? Was I wrong? This is the first time I've ever been on my own. This is the first time I've ever been responsible for me. And I realized that I don't even know who I am. My identity to this point had been tied to my relationships. Who was Letitia? 
I had no idea. And that created a whole level of problems, another level of problems for me. So I made a decision at about 24 that I was going to go to university. I went off to Georgia State University. I really did well. I got full scholarships to go. I was really doing well. And then I meet this guy. And I wasn't in a place to see the rare flags. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he worked but never had money. I knew him this guy, three years of manipulation and absolute nonsense. I was supporting him. I was going back to Bermuda and working and doing whatever I needed to do to only find out after three years that he was married. <laughs> Wow, that's a big one. Yeah, it it really took me for a loop because there was nothing that indicated that. I'm now forced to kind of restart again. You know what I mean? I I have nothing now. I need to figure out what's next. So I moved back to Bermuda. I got an amazing job in insurance. I am focusing on me. So like I'm in the gym, I'm, you know, doing personal development. Like I'm just laser focused. Then I start getting like lonely because I've spent most of my life in a relationship. I've always been in a relationship. I remember having a conversation with one of my friends and saying, you know, the next guy I meet is going to be my husband. Weeks later, I meet this guy. And when I say he ticked all the boxes besides the height, but like everything about him was like what I wanted. I fell fast for him within six weeks. We're living together. Like the first year of this relationship was a whole moth movie. Like it was just amazing. It was literally amazing. There was points in time where I'm like waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Like you just like something's going to go wrong. About a year into the relationship, one of his family members died and he dealt with his grief through crack. I'm faced with having to make a choice because now, like, I literally just went through a battle of addiction. Like, I I can't do it anymore. I knew within myself that I didn't have what it took to soldier through another addiction. But I was in love. I I was in love. Like, for the first time, I really felt like, okay, I'm loving this person for the right reasons. So I gave him my ultimatum. I was like, either you get your life together or I have to go. I I can't do this again. So he just hid it better. (laughs) He was a chef. He was arrested on his job for stealing meat. In the chaos, there were times where I received the meat because he also catered on the side. So unknowingly involved in his criminal activities, which resulted in me being arrested on my job. I got to jail, which was like the biggest slap in my face being a, a former law enforcement agent. You know what I mean? Like, that's wow. who I am. That must have hit you hard. It hit. I was so upset. I called my mother. We didn't have the best relationship up until this point, but she was my get out of jail free card every time. Like no matter what was going on, I called my mom. She came down to the jailhouse, which it was not what I expected. And I remember sitting across the glass from her and she said to me, why do you love everyone else more than you love yourself? Wow. And that was the biggest, like, you might as well just put me in a ring with Mike Tyson. Mm -hmm. Like it hit me hard. And I'm had to now leave that with that on my shoulders and go back and sit in my cell. It made me realize that while I'm not here because of my action, I'm here because of my decisions, right? And like, I just have to earn that. I have to earn it. 
during that time, I met a coach and I remember her saying to me, she goes, you know, I don't always say this, but you just, you look broken. Wow. And I want to help you. She was the first person I called when I came out of jail. And I must say, I was never charged with anything, a fishing expedition, but it was enough for me (laughs) to open my eyes, right? I went and worked with this coach for four or five months. Working with that coach made me realize that my life to this point had been sitting on a pity pot. Where is me? My parents don't love me like I think they should. Where is me? I was there by my first husband. Where is me? I was in a relationship with a drug addict. Where is me? I was in another relationship with a drug addict, which resulted in me being arrested. But that realization made me see that I was giving away my power. I cannot be powerful if I'm a victim. I'm not in control of my life if I'm a victim. And working with that coach made me realize, wait a minute, I'm in way more control than I've ever given myself credit for. And when I stood in my power, when I earned my control, my life changed tremendously. So I made a decision to leave Bermuda and I moved to England and I brought my boyfriend with me and put him in rehab. He's now been clean for nine years and we have two beautiful children. He is my husband. The last nine years, rebuilding my life to the point where I've rewritten my narratives. I'm no longer a victim. I'm I'm a powerful woman that has slapped on myself for a very, very long time. Yes, I love that. In that realization, I saw how my old habits of just settling was resurfacing. I was in a role. I was working in Lloyds of London. And for those who don't know, it's the oldest insurance institution in the world. So for me, a Black foreign woman to be a manager in a top 10 Lloyds of London syndicate, I should be celebrating that, right? Like mm-hmm. I worked from the bottom to her. But I wasn't happy. I was in a role where I wasn't respected. I was in a role where I wasn't appreciated. I was in a role where I was misused. And it reminded me of all of the themes in my life. I put up with it for free in relationships, but I'm literally getting paid to be misused. And I'm not about that life anymore. I know my worth. I know my worth. So it was easier to recognize it now that you have been through all of this? Yes, because I, I can pick up on the way that I was feeling. The, the way that my experiences made me feel were all the same. They made me feel worthless. They made me have me second guess what I brought to the table. What really did it was six hours after giving birth to my second child, I received an email from one of my coworkers on my personal email account acknowledging the birth of my child, then proceeding to ask me about work. First of all, that's illegal in this country. You cannot contact me within 30 days of me giving birth about work. But the fact that they had the audacity to do so pissed me off. It pissed me off royally. And I said, I'm not going to continue to put up with this disrespect. So I started my business while I was on maternity leave with a toddler that was 19 months old, breastfeeding my child, my newborn, trying to figure out what it is that I can do for myself Mm -hmm. and make money instead of being disrespected to make someone else money. Exactly. I started my business. I started off in life coaching and that's what I have been doing. My business has evolved since then. The things that make people uncomfortable about me, I'm going to use that to create freedom for myself. You know, I've heard my whole life that, you know, you're too loud, you're too opinionated, you got too much attitude. 
I've been shut down. I've been muted my whole life. So now I'm using my loudness to yes. speak the truth for the people who can't speak for themselves. Now I'm using my attitude to show up with audacity to speak. Yes. And now I'm using my voice to make an impact for others. Yes. Yes. That's awesome. When would you say was the moment that everything clicked was it what your mother told you that was i would say the impetus to everything that led me to the coach which led me to working through my stuff so that i can move from being a survivor to actually thriving i would say yeah that was the start of the journey definitely when you were working with your coach what was something new that you learned about yourself that took you on this new path I learned how strong I was. You know, I discounted the fact that I survived being stabbed. I discounted the fact that I survived being in a relationship with a cocaine addict. When I say that, with everything that I had going on, it never stopped me from achieving my personal goals. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in the middle of a relationship that's draining me of everything, but yet I'm a 4.0 student. I had to learn how to celebrate things yes. instead of getting stuck on the negative experiences. Awesome. Do you think that because of the relationship or non-relationship you had with your parents, that's how you fell into the abusive relationships that you came after? Absolutely. I realized probably two years ago that I have spent most of my life chasing my father. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? My father is a narcissist. Matter of fact, he's the one that told me that my birth was the reason why he split up with my mama. Most of my life has been drawn out based on a narcissistic view of the world. Being in relationships with narcissists felt comfortable for me because of what I had experienced with my father. And don't get me wrong, he wasn't a horrible father. Like he was present, but he was more focused on him. I don't have a relationship with him now because his narrative is still the same. Mm -hmm. 30 years later, he was still telling me that I was the reason why him and my mama broke up. At, at, at 60 plus years old, if you can't take ownership for your own shit, like there's a problem. What happened was I ended up being in relationships with people who couldn't take ownership, whose whole world was themselves. And do, do I blame them? No, because most of them had experienced trauma. And what I've learned through my experiences is you either experience trauma and come out of it being a narcissist or a people pleaser. Yes. There's almost no in between unless you work on your stuff. Yes. So I came out of trauma being a people pleaser, unable to stand up for myself because I needed to be accepted. Yes. And, and working through that made me realize, oh, wait a minute. I've been looking for acceptance from my father since seven years old. And then all I've done is substitute the acceptance with different men. Mm -hmm. You know, it's eye opening. But again, I, you know, I'm in a place where maybe five years ago, if you'd asked me this question, I'd have laid all the blame on my father's feet and on my mother's feet. Because at the end of the day, I didn't ask to be heard. It was their responsibility to raise me with love and acceptance. Do I say they don't love me? No. Did they emotionally neglect me? Absolutely. And that was resulted in the path that I took. But ultimately, they were my decision. And I have mm -hmm. to earn that. 
I call that the uncomfortable, comfortable zone. Because when we get into these relationships, we feel that it's familiar. And because it's familiar, it feels all right. And we tend to ignore all those red flags because it's just, it's uncomfortable, but it's still familiar. So it's kind of like a comfortable zone that you don't really want to move out of. Yeah. And you realize it becomes that? status quo without yeah. even realizing it, right? Yeah. Is there anything that you would like to tell the people listening to the podcast today regarding how to move on from a toxic relationship? Moving on from a toxic relationship involves getting really clear about your own worth. A lot of times, the reason why we stay is because we don't have clarity around our own worth. Mm -hmm. Getting clear on that is step number one, because once you are super clear on what you bring to the table, you're not afraid to eat alone. And that is important. But also, you know, a lot of times we go through stuff and we glorify being a survivor. Don't get me wrong. Being able to say that you survived is something to celebrate. But survival is not the final destination. It's a pit stop. Mm -hmm. It's a rest stop. It's a lay-by, right? True thriving comes from being able to find a message in your mess, find a testimony in your task, and also find hope and inspiration to share with others, right? And then that's something that I didn't realize. I got that I had a powerful message. I got that I've got a powerful story, but it wasn't until I wanted to use it in a way that helped others, that it wasn't so centered around me that I think that's when I start really feeling like this makes sense now, right? I said earlier, there's so much much gratitude with what I've gone through. And a lot of people don't understand that. But I sit here today so proud of who I am. So proud of the fact that I can sit here and tell my story without crying so that I can help someone else. And I feel like that's what we're here to do. Yes. This is my favorite quote. It's my own quote, but I love to say, walk as if every step you take is about to make an avalanche because you're here to change the world. I love it. And I just, I just want people to know that, yes, it's hard out there. It's hard. I'm keeping it real. It's hard (laughs) out there. But if you can learn the lessons in everything that you do, you're never, ever at a disadvantage. Yep. Yep. How can my listeners find you to learn more about you? I spend a lot of time on Instagram. My <laughs> Instagram handle is Black Rose Coaching. Black is spelled B-L-A-Q-U-E. But yeah, reach out to me on Instagram. Say hi. I like a little conversation. <laughs> I'll put that link on the show notes so people can, can actually get to your page. It was so awesome talking to you. Your story is so inspiring. What did you think helped you to change your mindset from being in such a negative environment and now thriving where you're at right now? Understanding the power of my thought. And it's something that I discounted for a very long time. I remember somebody telling me, you being pissed off is a choice. And I remember getting even madder. Like, how (laughs) dare you (laughs) tell me that this is a choice? Right. Right. Yeah. But once I understood that my thoughts create my emotions and my emotions drive my action, life changed. I'm in control. And there are times when, yeah, the negative stuff creeps in. And then I'm probably looking like a crazy woman because I'll be sitting there talking to myself, literally like, we're not getting there today, girl. (laughs) Yes. No. Because we have to coach ourselves too. like, what are you doing? 
Why are you thinking that? I'd literally be sitting there having a negative door while I'm washing my dishes and be like, "Uh uh-uh, nope, we're not getting there today. But that's important. I think self-awareness is key. And when you can understand how everything is intertwined, it makes you show up differently. Yeah. I met my best friend from middle school and we're always talking about eating healthy, working out. And she sends me pictures when she's really dressed up for work. And she's like, oh, look at me, but I'm fat today. We went out to lunch. I looked this girl up and down. I'm wondering where are the 25 pounds that this girl is telling me that she has to lose. We later had a conversation and she's like, where are you fat? I'm like, where are you fat? It's because she was telling herself that she was this thing. So she was believing that she was this thing. And I was telling myself the same thing. And we had believed it. I see you and I see you perfectly well. You see me and you see me perfectly well. So why do we have to keep putting ourselves down just because we're not where we want to be? Mm -hmm. And loving yourself is, I believe, the most important thing of it all. Because when you love yourself, you do not accept less than you deserve. And I think that's an important step too for a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. You're in business, so you understand the no like trust factor that you have to build with your clients before they sign on, blah, 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 blah. But what no one teaches us to do is how to know, like, and trust ourselves. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. that is important. That is important. I think the moment you realize that is when everything else changes around you and you become that newer version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, we it's like a, a snake shedding its skin. Yep. You know? So, yep. Well, it was so awesome to have you here. I do hope that my listeners go check you out. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we leave? Nothing else that I would like to share, but I am very honored to be a part of your platform. And thank you very much for having me. I thank you so much for coming on the, the podcast. I read your story when you posted it and I was totally amazed how you haven't gone through so much are where you are today. And I know that there's a lot of people out there that are in some kind of situation where you were then and they can't see a way out of it. And a lot of people just stay because they have no idea how to move. And not only that, but a lot think they're alone. When you start reading about narcissists, you're like, oh, that's true. That happened. But when you're in it, you think, he's the only one that is like that. And you think nobody else will understand what you're saying. I want women to understand that they're not alone. It happens much more than we would like to admit. And you have to tell your story to somebody because somebody out there will help you and support you through the process. Mm -hmm. It can't be done alone because our minds are, are wired to also bring more negative thoughts if we don't know how to deal with our minds. Absolutely. Because what, 90% of our thoughts that we have today are from yesterday anyway. So if all we're thinking is negative, we're not going to get out of that cycle. I am so proud of you for being where you are right now, especially coming from, from such a young age, everything that you have experienced and you have grown through all these years onto all the negative things that you have been through and you built a business to help other women as well. So I want to thank you and I want to congratulate you for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for today. I hope that we can meet again someday. But I'm going to stay connected with you anyway. I think we had a little vibe together pre-recording anyways. Yes, (laughs) yes, we did. See you later. (laughs) Bye-bye. Don't forget to share this episode with a friend or a loved one that might need this information. This way you will help me reach more people like you. Also sign up for the email list at RaquelColina.com forward slash email. 
Don't forget, facing small fears can lead to big changes. Thank you for being here with me today. Have a blessed week.